Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm uh, very much privileged to be here and to be given the opportunity uh, early on in the morning to talk about Iraq and to give you our perspective on things. More so following yesterday's uh, enriched discussion regarding the region, uh, having a, a good understanding from the American perspective and uh, from leaders of the region. Today, uh, I will try to shed some light as to what we think should be some of the issues to be discussed here and to the priorities uh, in the days ahead. First of all, allow me to congratulate the National Council uh, of Arab-US Relationships for their efforts in organizing this prestigious event and for their ongoing work to promote greater understanding between the United States and the Arab world. It, I would also like to express my appreciation to Dr. Anthony and to Patrick for giving me the opportunity to offer an Iraqi perspective on the ongoing transformation in the Middle East. For those in the business world, I've just been told I need to go into bifocal, so I apologize about that. So. And I had to print this morning, I had to print into 16 uh, font, so that I just... For those in the business world, uh, will be familiar with the concept of idea of SWOT analysis as a tool to evaluate business ventures. As someone who spent most of his career in the private sector before joining the diplomatic world, it, it's occurred to me that uh, in order to adequately and address this, this year's conference theme, namely navigating the Arab-US relationship, one must not only consider the strengths the weaknesses and the opportunities as highlight, clearly highlighted, but also to talk about the threats to the, to the enduring relationship between the United States and uh, the Arab world. People may be uh, positive and have a, a positive outlook and say we need to look at the, the, the glass, the full side, or rather than the empty side. I say that's true, but also we need to look at the full picture to have a good holistic understanding of the region and the challenges. And more so, so that we don't be surprised by the Arab Spring or other aspect of it as well. This morning, uh, I would like to argue that it is vital interest of the United States and the region as a whole to cooperate and coordinate our efforts much more in the order to eliminate a set of common threats. The Arab Spring has been the key driver for change in the region for nearly three years. And to go through a spring, we need to go through other seasons of the year. So we know that that's a complicated picture. And people who are involved in, in, in weather forecasting say that it requires about 12 billion formulas to forecast the next 10 days. 12 billion required for to be competed to receive next 10 days. So imagine trying to forecast what will take place in the Arab after the spring. The Arab Spring has been the key driver of change in the region for nearly three years. No one could have accurately foreseen the transformation that have occurred since protests began in Tunisia. And being able to know where we will be this time next, this, this time next year will be a challenge in itself. Iraq was the first country in the Middle East to make a transition from dictatorship to democracy. And so we fully understand and support the rights of the people of the Arab world to seek greater freedom and to bring about a more just and equitable standard of living for their families and future generations. 
Let's not forget that the region has the highest growth, population growth in the world. There is no doubt that the popular, the, that the popular uprisings have unleashed the dreams and ambitions of millions of people who seek to bring about positive, constructive change on the local, national, and regional levels. Having said that, we, could, we should also share the concerns of many of who feel that the extremist elements are exploiting and hijacking much of the gains that were achieved by uh, the pro-democratic movements, which was primarily being driven by the young ones. Finding the right balance in a way that nurtures pluralism and liberty without inv inviting terrorism is the greatest threat and challenge facing not only Iraq, but the region as a whole. That's a very dangerous turn we're moving toward now. No more is the concern no more is the concern felt than in Syria, which is by all accounts a humanitarian catastrophe. There is no doubt the brutality of the Syrian regime toward its own people. The Ba'athist party in Syria is not dissimilar to the former regime in Iraq, which used to be controlled by the Ba'athist party for more than 35 years, which was used to which, was, which is used to crushing popular dissent and was driven by the ideological approach that, the, that is a totalitarian in nature. We suffered immensely under the Basque Party in Iraq and we, could, and we would not wish such a fate on the, anyone else, let alone our Syrian brothers. We also suffered greatly from the Assad government complicity in supporting terrorism groups who were crossing into Iraq only a few years ago. At the time, we sought to hold the, UN, the Syrian regime. This was back in 2009, in which our own ministry, my own ministry, was blown up and 42 co colleagues of mine were killed. Back in Syria accountability, we, we sought to hold the Syrian regime accountable before the UN Security Council for support of terrorism in Iraq. But this request fell on deaf ears. When we look at Syria today, a country with which we share 600 kilometers border, we also see an immediate and grave threat to the security of our country and to the region. This is why we have not shed away from the expressing our concern about the growing threats of terrorism and groups, affiliated groups such as Al-Qaeda, which is primarily being dominant in the Syrian opposition. The polarization of the Middle East along ethno-sectarian lines is the, large, is the latest emerging threat to the region. Iraq knows too well that the dangers of sectarianism and the role of external forces is fueling sectarian sentiments. Be they media channels, which some of us are clearly aware of that, that, that uh, has been promoting violence, extremist religious scholars, or so-called charities that exploit divisions between communities. Combined with the environment where terrorists are able to operate, this deadly combination has the potential to spark fires, fires that may take years to extinguish. Sectarianisms also possess, uh, possess major problems for the United States in terms of its efforts to navigate its relations with the Arab world. 
by pitting Sunnis against Shias, Muslims against Christians, and Arabs against non-Arabs. These forces seek to undermine the social fabric of diverse societies in order to create security vacuums for terrorist organizations to operate in. This is what they thrive on. Chaos is what they thrive on. All, all Middle Eastern governments should be fully aware that if sectarianism is allowed to fester anywhere in the region, it will, sp it will spread unaccountably across borders and eventually come home to them as well. So no one is immune from it. That's clearly the, the main theme from us. It is for the every concern it is for the very concern that I have just outlined that our position on the conflict of Syria has remained has remained clearly or has meant clear from the same from day one. We firmly believe that there can be no military solutions to ending the violence, and that the only diplomatic effort can bring about a negotiated settlement that may offer any hope of in ending this catastrophe and bringing peace. We welcome the diplomatic breakthrough recently achieved by Secretary Kerry and Foreign Minister, Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov with respect to chemical weapons and we continue to explore any effort, uh, sorry, when we continue to deplore any effort, uh, we, uh, we continue to deplore any efforts to supply arms to any party in the conflict. Those efforts whether aimed at supporting the regime of Bashar al-Assad or any other rebel forces can only perpetuate the conflict. Our position on Syria stems from the broader, broader vision for the Middle East, the Iraqi active and arguably pivotal role within it. We are inextricably bound to it and affected by the violent changes in the region. And let's not forget our neighbors will suffer as well. By virtue of our precarious geography, Iraq, Iraq, sites, Iraq sits on ethno-sectarian, political, and economical fault lines. And that's where the key issue of Iraq is in relation to the history and the future. It's the main fault lines in relation to Shia Sunni, it's the main fault line in relation to oil countries versus non-oil countries, and in addition to the history. And let's not forget that we have two big neighbors of Iran and Turkey next to us. That's why the key issues, and that's why the United States should always focus on that region. Iraq sits, uh, uh, so it is in the vital interest of the United States to play a more active role in diffusing regional tensions. The surest way for Iraq to do so is by maintaining an impartial stance within any conflict. Gone are the days when Iraq foreign policy was dictated by the whims of one individual. Till today, Iraq still plays, or we still pay the price for Saddam Hussein's legacy of destructive wars and aggressions toward our neighbors. The new Iraq sees security policy as defensive and believes that diplomacy is the most effective way to resolving disputes. The threat of nuclear Middle East is also a grave concern for us. While we support the fight, the right of all countries in the region to pursue peaceful nuclear power, 
the programs as enshrined in the in the nuclear non-proliferation treaty (NTP), we oppose the de development of nuclear weapons by any country. We oppose the development of nuclear weapons by any country, as this would seriously degrade the security of all countries in the region. That is why we have called for weapons of mass destruction free zone in the Middle East as a framework to reinforce mutual security and confidence among our neighbors. Last month, Iraq became the 161st country to ratify the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. And we hope that those countries that have yet to do so will follow suit soon. Ladies and gentlemen, it is in Iraq's interest to envisage a Middle East that overcomes political rivalries and with economical interdependency, fostering trade and commerce, encouraging knowledge sharing and people exchange are some of the surest ways to ensure that respect for state sovereignty is upheld by the region as a whole. Iraq offers endless opportunities for its neighbors and the wider region and to forge strong economical ties regionally and internationally. GDP grew, as some of talked about that yesterday, GDP grew by 10.2 in 2012, beating China for the second year running, and, is and it is expected to grow at 9.4 year, year on year for the next four years, 9.4 growth. This is due largely to Iraq's surge in oil production. And let's not, concern, let's not forget as well, one of the key threats to the region is over-dependency on oil alone, or not diversifying your economy, which has doubled since 2005. Our, our, our production has doubled since 2005, making it OPEC's second largest producer. Foreign direct investment is also on the rise, totaling more than 55 billion in 2011. FDI is forecast to grow more than 13% in 2013. Arab countries like Jordan and the United, UAE, United Arab Emirates are contributing to our growth in a variety of sectors, including construction, healthcare, and real estate. But we would like to see much more engagement, in particular from GCC countries, as a way to mend broken tensions and broken relationship and reducing tension. The view of the Middle East from Washington may be daunting, and it may be tempting for the United States to take a step back and disengage from such a volatile environment. But this would be a mistake. Not only can the United States play a critical role in helping to combat the threat of terrorism, it can push its allies in the region to do more to tackle the growing threat of sectarianism. And we think this is the most immediate and clear danger of the region, sectarianism and rise in religious tension in the region. Last week, Prime Minister, uh, next week, sorry, next week, Prime Minister Maliki will visit Washington and meet with President Obama and other senior officials as part of an effort by us to set our vision and define our vision for strong counterterrorism cooperation between our two countries and to share our understanding of the key challenges facing the region and the key threat facing the region as well. Furthermore, 
the United States can be a key partner in turning some of the key regional threats into opportunities. Take Iraq's population growth as an example. Iraq has one of the highest birth rates in the region. We have a, a growth, population growth of just over 1 million every year. The state clearly cannot accommodate for the, grow, for the growing labor forces, and it's up to the private sector to utilize Iraq's young and energetic population to ensure sustainable economic growth over the long term while not maintaining low employment rate. Iraq needs to move away from the over-reliance on oil to generate revenues and opportunities. And while the government has outlined a plan to diversify its economy, it cannot, it cannot be achieved without foreign expertise and investment. The United States could stand to benefit tremendously if it chooses to expand its partnership with Iraq on the economical front. The groundbreaking work has already been laid out through the Strategic Framework Agreement, which was signed between our two countries back in 2008. As we transition toward a market economy, America and its companies can provide what our nation needs through trade and not through charity or aid. Let me conclude by stressing that the threats faced by our countries, countries, not just country, are in no way insurmountable but only through regional and international collaboration that is based on clear under understanding of each other's interests and needs. Can we begin to think about creating the right condition for long-term prosperity and stability in our region and for Iraq? And thank you very much, everybody.